He'll make it for sure. That's why I backed him on Tap Touch. You got the touch. You got the power. Got the touch? Choose Tap Touch. Better your bet. Download the app today. Conditions apply. Gamble responsibly. Call Gambler's Help on 1-800-858-858. Hey, team. Welcome back. Another week of footy flies by, and with so much to dissect, who better than two blokes who you'd happily let the other team use for fill-up numbers to go through it? Get comfortable and enjoy the listen. Yes, hello all, welcome back to another episode of the Footy Yarn, Matthew. Hello, how are you going? Good, yourself? Very well. It's been a while since we've rumped in this room. It has been a little while. This week um, was a rough week to get the podcast out, but I think credit to us for getting here and getting it done. Yeah, full credit to the lads. Um, yeah. You know, just got the job done in real tough times. Everyone played their role. Yeah, there was a lot of um, a lot of pushes, a lot of scares, a lot of... Um, a lot of threats to the episode <laughs> this week, but, um, you know, it's bright and early on a Friday morning. You've got work soon. I'm still in my pyjamas. I <laughs> didn't bother getting out of them. Um, and we're here to chat about the footy, which is always exciting. It is exciting, and there's plenty of stuff happening. Yeah, um, it's going to be tough to remember what happened last week. It will be. I feel like we're going to go through these games and just remember from that, and it'll, yeah. be, it'll be exciting. It'll be able like, to reminisce. Yeah, reminisce. Um Looking forward to much this weekend, footy-wise? Uh, yeah, yeah, just the footy. Yeah. Just the footy in general. That's fair. All the games. Yeah, Collingwood and Hawthorne. Yeah, I'm just scared about that. I yeah. saw a stat. We've beaten Hawthorne twice since 2011. Yeah, I'm not shocked about that. We are probably the best team that's ever done it. I mean, look, um, based on everything that's happened, you guys got licked by the Gold Coast. We've not enough Carlton and Fisk. Oh, Collingwood should be favourites. We will be favourites. Sort of game we'll probably lose. So yeah, and the sort of game you guys will probably win. Yeah, so it's all it's all lined up for you guys not to win, but I'm sure you won't tip that. Um, there's a lot of news though, um, and a lot of exciting news. So if you want, we should probably just crack straight into that. Let's do it. Starting off with the AFLW. Yeah. Finally, after what feels like years of waiting, yep. the AFLW draft order has been confirmed. Yeah, it's a rogue one. West Coast don't come in. They were bottom of the table, and or bottom of the ladder, and they don't come in until about pick 14. Pick 14? Pick 14. Is there? Are they giving extra picks to like the new teams? Yeah, the, the four new teams get the first 17 Seriously. picks. Um, they get pick 14 and 15. Um, so it's, I'm not a fan of that. Uh, look, I, I think it half makes sense when... You know, a lot of the West Aussie girls are probably going to stay drafted to West Australia and stuff like that. It'll be interesting yeah. for Sydney who have pick one, um, whether or not someone puts a hand up from interstate to say, I'll go, you know, your, your Mon Hams, your Charlotte Baskerins, your uh, Ella Roberts, who, um, you know, are all, all the top prospects in this pool. It'll be an interesting draft to see who does go interstate and who doesn't. West Coast have, I think, five of the first six picks from WA. Okay. So I think it's West Coast, West Coast, Frio, and then West Coast have the next three. I guess the West Coast Eagles do need a bit of help. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting one to see how that goes. There's really, there's a lot of things they need to draft. Um, you know, pa- Paris Laurie uh, just retired for them, so they're in need yeah. of a ruck. Um, and the best ruck from WA, Lauren Wakeford, just did her ACL. Oh dear. Yeah, so um, it's not looking good for West Coast. You'd still probably take it, but... Um, 
yeah, risky business for them. Probably get a key forward and like a Kate Bartlett as well and maybe a, a mature age or two. Um, what else is going on? Uh, big news was Nat Fife set to run out in the peel jumper on the weekend. Yeah, that's exciting. We were talking about this. I do plan on going to that game. Yeah, it should be interesting. Uh, honestly, a couple of weeks ago, I didn't think it would happen. There was all this time, like, won't happen. Yeah, he'll come straight back yeah. through the ones. I think the fact they beat Melbourne gave them a bit more flexibility. Yeah. Uh, but I'm glad they're doing it. I respect it. Yeah, although he's going to be playing mostly forward. So imagine if, like, Gus Dewar has to go to him. <laughs> That'd be so exciting. That'd be such a good game to see. Just who yeah. gets up out of those two teams. Especially and Fife gets pants by a Waffle Youngin. Like literally pants? Like they duck him? Maybe. Or he just get, finishes with like one touch? One touch, no tackles. The Garnham had 14 kicks and two handballs. Yep. No, that's a good stat line. Yeah. Uh, Buddy Franklin, the band upheld, I think probably fair enough. What were your thoughts? Yeah, that was fair. I think Cochin overplayed it a bit. But... Uh, there, there was a lot of, um, like, aftermath of it all. Yeah. It feels like there was more than the need to be. The AFL called it cowardly and then went yeah. back on that. Yeah, and then the Sydney Swans came out and said, oh, I think Trent Cochran will be receiving an invitation to the, uh, the Oscars. Lo- the lo- the lo- Logies. Yeah. Oscars, one of them. Yeah. Some sort of acting thing and not the Brownlow. But as much as Cochran probably did put it on a bit, he still struck into the face. Like, it was always going to be a week. I surprised he tried and... yeah. Got it overturned. And the fact that the AFL apologised for calling it cowardly. Yeah. Like, yeah, he punched a bloke. Cowardly. Actually, no, sorry. We didn't mean that. You're no, a, not you're cowardly. A, you're a legend of the game. We're you, sorry. You just did it in the spirit of the game. Yeah. Well, that's that's what happens on the big jobs. Uh, Tasmania, set to build a $750 million stadium. Do we think the Tassie deal's going to get up? It has to at this point. You keep I I keep being certain. Oh, it's definitely going to happen. Yeah. Apparently, a lot of like presidents of clubs are like are going to vote against it. I thought it was only like three clubs were going to vote against it, yeah, and I'm fifteen not, were going to vote for it. I think I think the issue is uh, I think no one wants nineteen teams. Yeah, nineteen teams is going to be yucky. It's going to be a real yucky year. Even like twenty teams, if they go to that, and you can't yeah. get rid of the team. Uh, in is this it still age. a top eight in twenty teams? I yeah, think it, it is. have to be. But still, I twenty teams. I don't know how that season would work out. I don't like it, um, but I think Tassie needs a team. If it goes to twenty teams, do you think they're going to reduce it to a nineteen round season and play with each other once? Maybe what they do is the season before Tassie comes in, they're like, "Look, Tassie's going to come in. Whoever finishes bottom of the ladder this year, <laughs> you're out. You're out. Maybe they just wow. relegate the wooden spooners each year and then rotate the club." Oh. Gee, that'd be some pressure. Yeah, I can't imagine they would, but imagine the excitement. Imagine if West Coast just got relegated this year. Oh. Just like that West Coast are out of the AFL. Imagine the uproar. <laughs> Sorry, guys, don't finish bottom of the ladder. <laughs> You're going to have to play Waffle. Yeah, <laughs> well, the West Coast Reserves will finally be all right. <laughs> I won't say they'll be good, but they'll be all right. Uh, some other news. Yep. Now, this is sort of footy related. Uh, Perth Glory and Western Force, right? Yep. So next season, they're having issues about where they're going to play. Yeah. So HBF Park is going to have renovations, etc. I see. So there's been talk that they're going to go to Subiaco Oval Ooh. and build some temporary stands. Uh, at, at Leaderville? No, or no, like Subi. Subiaco Oval. So, so this is where there's a bit of... So Tony Lewis, the CEO of Western Force, said Subiaco Oval, we're, we're, putting, we're trying to... That's what hit yeah. apparently the Western Force and Perth Glory together. Then it's been reported Leaderville Oval 
And Perth Glory like, yeah, leadable oval. And Western Force like, I thought it was Subiaco. And no one seems to know what's going on. Surely it just means that like, he thought leadable oval was Subiaco oval. We thought this. We called him to clarify. Yeah. He definitely means Subiaco oval. Wow. So... I, I, it, it makes no sense, though. You knock down a whole stadium, yeah. you leave one little stand there, and then put it right next to a school. Like, you build a school. Look, I think it'd be pretty hot to see anything at Subiaco Oval. Oh, yeah. But it seems much easier just to go to Leaderville. Yeah, it'd be ridiculous <laughs> trying to get something at Subiaco <laughs> Oval. Like, yeah, remember all those stadium parts we knocked down? Let's just rebuild them. <laughs> Not quite as big. and Make just temporary. Yeah, see how that incorporates with the school that that oval is on. Because <laughs> that oval's attached to a school now. Do they, like... Play school sports on that? Is that I'd like imagine. Yeah. I'd imagine the school would do like PE there. Fair enough. Uh, yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up because at least it relates to Subiaco Oval. Yeah, that's something. Uh, now, some interesting news out of the Waffle. I don't know if you've heard about this. The boundaries like for where teams get their players from yeah. are looking at changing. Like they, they swap them. So... These are the major recommendations, and this is alleged to be approved. Okay. So Claremont are gonna would gain North Fremantle and lose Inaloo and Osborne Park. All right. Uh, East Fremantle would gain Auburn Grove but lose part of Southern River and Seville Grove. East Perth would get Inaloo, Osborne Park, Caversham, and Henley Brook, but lose Alexander Heights. Peel's, Peel lose part of parts of Rockingham and Baldivis, gain nothing. Ooh. Perth gained several groves, Southern River, Byford, Bindoon and Newshay. South Frio gained Rockingham and Baldivis but lose Auburn Grove and Byford. Subiaco gained Alexander Heights and Nangara. Swans lose Caversham, Henleybrook, Brabham, Dayton, Bindoon and Newshay and gain nothing. Yeah. And West Perth lose Nangara. I don't understand how Bindoon and Newshay go to Perth when they're quite north. Yeah. And East. Yeah, look, it, well, Swan, Swans used to have them. Yeah. Also, Caversham, which is going to go to East Perth, is literally like 10 minutes from Swan Districts. That's why yeah. they had it. Uh, I think they're trying to probably help Perth who are quiet. I understand helping Perth, but I feel like that many changes didn't need to be made. I think it's ridiculous. And I think it's a bit of a kick in the guts to Swans. Yeah. Like, oh, let's just take a bunch of your players. Like, why not like a, a Calabunda? I understand that's close to... Yeah. to Swans, but it's also pretty close to Perth. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a big fan, but I just leave it as is. It's not, it's yeah. not the, uh, it's not all the other clubs' fault that you guys can't pick good players. What do you mean, Perth? Literally have Kenwick to choose from. <laughs> Look, not once have I been contacted about playing for Perth. Really, you haven't yeah, been not, contacted. Not once. I've I've been contacted wow. to play for Perth. It's ridiculous. Like, how do you expect to win games if you're not contacting the best players out there in your area? I mean, look, they weren't using the best players out available. They had Josh Gray. Yep. They didn't want to play him, and yep. it's on them. Um, yeah, well, they've had a lot of players who have actually been very good. They haven't used and then have gone to a different Waffle Club and flourished. So yeah. that's on them. And look, I don't think the Swans should be punished for having a good footy program. And everyone goes, oh, they're, they're strong. They're last on the Colts ladder. Yeah. Like, let's settle down. They're just having a poor year, and no. we thought, let's punish them even more. Like, Perth are actually doing all right this year, other yeah. than that 100-and-something to three loss to West Perth. Oh, yeah, they scored three points in the first half, though. That was cool. Yeah, wow, but they scoreless in the second half. Yeah. I've had a few of those in my time. <laughs> now, the question has to be asked, final bit of news, yep. Waffle, Sandon Page. Okay. He is dominating in the reserves. 
I'm glad um, you're keeping up with this. Have you had a look at his stats? I haven't so much. So I've just gone through like season stats. Leading their disposals for the season. Yeah. Uh, with the whole comp or Subi? For Subi. Yeah. So, and Subi is strong. Like, what's he got to do to get a league gig? What's he got to do? Maybe this week and he goes to five. Maybe. So, like, so he's been racking up the touches, kicking a few goals as well, and the bloke just can't get a gig. I'm glad you're very concerned about these kinds of things. I'll just you think, should have you contacted him and just ask him what's going on. Oh, not not as yeah. I we did have uh, Bo Wardman on Sport FM yep. recently, and I put in the questions: Is Sandon Page close to a game? Unfortunately, Blaine, Blaine said his name wrong, so I hope Bo Wardman knew who he was talking about. How did Blaine say it? He he didn't say Sandon Page. He said something else. I can't really remember. Yeah, I'll have to have a look. But uh, he said, "Oh, you know, playing well. Like, yeah, he's definitely in the mix." Well, come on, Bo, get him in. Plain. Uh, anything else? Uh, that's pr- probably about it. All right, well, we'll have a look at the uh, mid-season draft then, which was on Wednesday. Um, Eagles took Jai Cully with pick one, so uh, an inside mid, goal-scoring inside mid, 191 centimetres, who uh, did a lot of running work in the off-season, and uh, apparently every night he would get his mum to give him 100 ground balls. Really? I'm just get in the backyard and be like, Mum, 100 ground balls. That's hot. I like that. I think he's going to miss his job at Charcoal Chicken, though. Yeah, and also Coles. He was at Coles as well. Coles and Charcoal Doubling Chicken. Doubling up. That shows work rate. Yeah. That he was doing 100 ground balls a night, working at Charcoal Chicken and working at Coles. Has Jai Cully been on the radar in previous times? Uh, no. Oh, wow. uh, in his own words and in words of others, he was nowhere near it last year. Oh. Um, but he's, he's done a lot of work, including the 100 ground balls. Um, a day to, to really get there. Uh, Fremantle took Sevet Kuek from East Perth, who is a, a bit of a surprise. He's a 21 or 22-year-old key forward. He's got 16 goals in five games so far this season. Uh, very good player. Um, he was actually in West Coast Next Gen Academy, I believe, and they've uh, let that go. But um, it definitely seems like, I understand because Jai's gone, they're, they're looking for a key forward. They need a bit of backup. But it does seem like a move for the future because he is about 70 kilos at yeah. 190 centimetres. Well, now, a lot of the diehard Waffle fans go, oh, you, you know, it shouldn't happen. They're depleting the Waffle comp and all this. Well, no one grows like, oh, I have I have dreamed of like, playing my career at Peel. Yeah. Like, so I think it's good for him to go. The only thing I question is for someone like Sebert. Yeah. Uh, now, he's been picked up. He's going to go play for Peel now. Yeah. Which is a bit strange. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's, it's going to help Peel. It will. I, yeah, that's the bit I don't like, but there's nothing we can do about yeah. it at the end of the day. I'm like, well, could he stay at his purse, but then he's not playing under Freo's structure. Yeah, and, like, you think about it, for anyone who's upset about it, it's just extremely selfish. Yeah. Like, one yeah. of your players is getting a chance to be on an AFL list, and you're like, don't like it. Yeah. Not a fan. Like, I sort of get where they're coming from. Oh, it's depleting the Waffle Comp. Someone else will come in and play. It's yep. okay. And now gives opportunity to someone else. That's how the Waffle works. Yeah. Someone goes out, someone replaces them. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's crazy like that. Hawthorne, um, I was really happy with how we drafted. Got Max Ramsden, who's an athletic ruckman, and James Blank, or Blanc, who's a key defender. So um, very good. They really hit two two points of need there. Yep, yep. I like it. Uh, definitely needed a ruck, so very handy. Yep. And then Collingwood... Uh, they got Josh Carmichael, who's a mm. big-bodied inside mid. Um, I know how excited you are about midfielders joining the club instead of a key position player. What are your thoughts on this? Look, I'll, I've, they definitely wanted uh, Callan Dawson or Wade Dirks, I'm pretty sure. When yeah. they went, I think they just got to that point and went, who's the best available player? And it was 
Josh Carmichael, apparently very good. Yeah. Uh, was di- I could have lived with it if we didn't pass on the second pick. Like, I guess it depends what's available and what's out there. But surely, just to address a need, you get someone... Yeah, surely, uh, I know a lot of clubs passed because it feels like this year there was a lot more of uh, a, a focus on, like, youth than there has been in previous mid-season drafts. Like, no one's really going for the bloke who you're genuinely just having on for six months while someone's injured. I think um, James Blank also would have been an option for Collingwood, obviously, you guys yeah. talking before them. Uh, just, like, imagine if Darcy Moore goes down. Like, they're cooked. Yeah, is, like they don't have anyone else. Yeah, like what clubs just refuse to grab like a genuine six month in here. Like they would, li- they would literally probably, they would have to play McMahon as their central bat because yeah, there would be no actually, one else. Fingers crossed. Um, <laughs> some other names: Carlin Dawson went to North, who's an intercepting defender. Massimo D'Ambrosio, a uh, halfback flanker, went to Essendon. Brett Turner, who's an inside mid, went to the Crom. Wade Dirksen, who is on later today, uh, went to GWS, key forward. And uh, Bryn Teagle went to Port <coughs> Adelaide, who's a ruckman, ruck forward from East Frio. So Exciting times. Three West Aussies picked up, a lot from the Sandful. Um, yeah, obviously you're quite flat about no key position players to Collingwood. Oh, look, I'll live with it. This Josh Carmichael sounds like he's pretty good. So Yep. We still haven't seen Ash Johnson. Yeah, he was, he was really close to playing than did his hamstring. So he's not far off a return now. So looking forward to seeing him. He, he sounds like a good prospect. Yeah. Now, one thing I've put here is a little discussion point uh, for today. It's just underrated players, um, you know, because we're doing a tab touch uh, giveaway on who's been the most underrated player this season. And it came to mind because um, a friend and I were talking about Josh Dunkley. Yeah. Um, our boss at work, he, he comes up to us and tells us about how he had some time off and he just bought AFL Live 2 or AFL Evo 2, whatever one it is. And he's not that much into footy at all. Oh. Um, so he just said he bought it, started playing, and he kept going about how, how much fun it was to play with Josh Dunkley, all this. And again, he doesn't really follow footy at all. And then he, he comes up to us and he goes, do you know I used to play footy with Josh Dunkley? And then just starts going on about how they went to the same school, didn't even realise he'd been drafted, and then messaged him like a little bit later. And being like, oh, congratulations on getting picked up. Has no clue how good Josh Dunkley is. Josh Dunkley's like responded, being like, "Yeah, of course I remember you. It's so good to hear from you again." <laughs> he just has zero idea that Josh Dunkley is like a genuine gun, <laughs> like absolute gun. And he got us thinking, like, if Josh Dunkley wasn't at the Dogs, he'd probably be like a top ten mid in the comp, probably, or in that conversation. But well, he's, he's not always, even. A, remember when you always went to the Bombers? Yeah, but now he's like not even a top three mid yeah. at his club. Yeah. It's it's a real interesting one. So who do you think someone that's that's extremely underrated? Who if they went to another club, they would just be tearing up and be considered one of the best in the game. I think one player who would at least probably get regular games if he wasn't at this club, Connor Blakely. Yeah, he just keeps playing peel, getting thirty touches, running a mark, just can't get a gig. Yeah, same with Mitch Croden, probably. Yeah, yeah, like he'd get a game somewhere else. Yeah. Uh. It's hard to think off the top of my head. Do you have any that you can um, think of? Yeah, it is a, It is quite tough. I think Josh Dunkley is probably the big one. Jack Gunston these days I feel like is still quite underrated for for what he can contribute. Um, and then you look at like a Callum Wilkie. Um, I think he's starting to get a bit more appreciation this year. But the the work he's put in in that back line, Dougal Howard as well from the Saints, like both of them, if they were a part of a, a premiership team 
like oh, I guess it's obviously so much easier to say that, but then they'd be looked at one as the best in their position in the comp, which I think they are regardless. I think um, Madge outdoors, but I'm lucky not to play any footy at Melbourne. Yeah, but there's a lot of players you can consider unlucky, like Josh DeLuca. Yeah, how he got delisted after that <laughs> six months, but also where does he really fit into a list? Exactly. You look at someone like Caelan Lane. If he's at a club that needs a ruck right now, he probably gets a gig. Oh, if he was at Hawthorne. Oh. Get Kick out one. there. Here's game one. Shannon Neal made his debut on the weekend. That, that was, was exciting. That was very exciting. Um, so, yeah, underrated players. We've obviously got our tap touch giveaway. That'll probably close on Sunday. Um, so make sure you message in uh, who your most underrated player this season is. And we'll have a quick review of round 11. Sydney, 16-10-106, defeating Richmond, 15-10-100. Sydney, what a comeback. It was a good comeback. Richmond would be disappointed. They really should have held on and won yeah, that. Yeah, they choked that yeah. hard. And like was was a really important game too. And uh, you know, without Tom Lynch and Kane Lambert, they would have been really up and about to have got that win and played better for most of the night, but credit to Sydney for coming back and getting the job done. Yeah, buddy with another big bag and yeah. he's unstoppable this season. He's back. Yeah, he was brilliant. Uh the bloke just Still has it, doesn't he? Yeah. Brisbane, 16-14-110, defeating the Giants, 15-6-96. Uh, Chalky Neal went bananas. He did. Um, probably still won't get in the votes over Travis Collier. Look, Travis Collier. Did you see Travis Collier's goal on the weekend? Um, did I see? No. He had a shot from like just outside 50, and I turned to my friend Sean, yep. and I'm like, <laughs> he's not even a shot, brother. He's one of the square. He's no hope. Puts it straight through the middle, and... <laughs> He is He's built like a brick shit house Like he he's is. big but small Yeah it's strange Yeah um, So Chalky Neal went bananas um, Cornelio Hitting some form again James Peatling Backed up oh. with another three goals He's on fire Yeah so Late common run from him um, Yeah GWS like, They actually got really close That was good Yeah to they played well You would have been excited going, They're still on for the flag yep. Which look I, I'm still not discounting them for finals They're the, Out of the teams that are out of it yeah. Probably they're the only team I can see that could go on a ridiculous run with the talent they've got. Yep, they'll start building this semi-form and then with about six, seven weeks to go, they'll hit their straps. And bang, hit bang, the form bang, bang, right, bang. Yep, right at the right moment. Uh, Geelong, 15-7-97, defeating the Crom 7-13-55. Uh, not much to take out of this game. Tom Stewart dominated. Um, he's, I reckon he's their most important player. Yeah, that's probably fair enough. He's, he's very gun. good. Other than Tom Hawkins, maybe. You know what I enjoy? Who? The on uh, tab touch. Yeah, he can still get him for twenty touches. They oh. just keep him at twenty touches. I don't. I, you put him there every week. He always gets it, and it's like, when are they going to put him to twenty five? Now I've said it this week, they probably will. Yeah, that's criminal. Uh, Riley O'Brien backed up his big game in the Sandville. Yeah, uh, played well. Uh, unfortunate for uh, who was Shannon. <laughs> Oh, Strawn Strawn Strachan Strachan Yeah they're, they're rough, Other Ruckman Yeah To not be number one Because he played quite well He did But then Riley O'Brien Comes in and does that Oh exactly uh, Melbourne 7-14-56 Defeated by Flagmantle 14-10-94 uh, Is Flagmantle back on? Yeah It was never gone Yeah It just had a little rest It just can't handle wet weather <laughs> It says on the flag Do not get wet Not so, water resistant Let's say the Dockers Make a prelim or a semi Yeah and it starts raining before they go out. Does Justin just bring the boys and go, lads, this is, we're done. It's been it's a good season. <laughs> now, nah, Fast Freddy will start lining it up. Surely they'll, um, they'll, they'll, they'll re- goes on, they can't play in the wet. They've had two weeks now, it hasn't, like, they'll reassess, they'll be fine. No, nah, can't play in the wet. Uh, Lockie Schultz, four goals. 
brilliant. Big shooter. He was brilliant. Or not so big shooter. Michael Frederick was probably the assist of the year. Yeah. Yeah, gee, he's good at those. Um, West Coast, 9-6-60, defeated by the Bulldogs, 25-11-161. You are kidding. West Coast sucks. You can pick your own line, right? Yeah. So I put West Coast to 89.5+. plus. Yep. You reckon they could hold that? No, of course they mm. Oh, Yeah, they suck. Tim Kelly was big. Um, yeah. But that's really the only positive you can take. There wasn't much else. For West Coast. Um, Gold Coast, 18-13, 121-defeated Hawthorne, 7-12-54. Flag Suns? Yeah, they're, maybe they're on. That, they've got North this week. Oh, well, you win that. Could they crack into the eight in the next two weeks? They could. Could they finish the buys in the eight? A, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be shocked. Uh, I thought that would be a really close game. I didn't. I think with Wit, uh, with Wits versus Kashitsky, you're always <laughs> going to get first use, and they've got a better midfield than us, so they'll make the most of it. Sixty-seven points. I just, I didn't, I didn't envision that. Yeah, but these things happen. Um, St Kilda sixteen-seven, one hundred and three, defeating North seven-eight-fifty. Uh, yeah, once again, it's North. There's not yeah. really much you can say about a game like that. Yeah, they had their moments where they were in five, six goals and showing a bit of fight, and then St Kilda would kick away. And unfortunately for North, it's just that sort of year, it's not. Yeah, Collingwood 11 13 79, defeating Carlton 11 9 75. Geez, that was game of the round. That's game of the season. That was a ripping game, yeah. yeah. It was a, a heart stopper. I really thought Sil- Silvani had snapped that goal when he, he kicked oh, it. Oh, that would have been huge. I, I shit myself, but fortunately it went through from behind. And then uh, we managed to somehow cling on. So very, very happy. Uh, it was a ripping game, yeah. That's what footy's all about, that kind of game. It was. Comes down to the wire, like some of the calls. Sam Walsh, was he taken high? It, it just, I would have loved to see it. And then a kick after the siren. No, I'm okay with it. Yeah. <laughs> could have been, uh, could have been... Could have been huge. I think we were so close to first draw of the year there as well, but we were. Unfortunately, some people just have different plans, yeah, and they don't want us to see a draw this year. Port Adelaide nine twelve sixty six defeated Essendon six fourteen fifty. Better game from Essendon. Still was better if they could kick straight. Yeah, they kicked like eight behinds before they kicked their first goal. Um, last quarter, no goals from anyone. Yeah. So did get pretty wet there, but it's like, come on. Yeah, that's what we want from footy. Just goalless. Give us like a soccer game. And a brilliant win from Essendon over Richmond. 4 0. Yeah, that'd be huge. Um, should we get into Tab Touch Young Player of the Year? Yeah, let's do All it. All right, awesome. One vote I've gone with from that game. Uh, Nick Martin had 25 disposals, one goal, and 12 marks. Yeah. I was very impressed with his performance. Uh, I went with Max King, kicked the three goals. Uh, was impressive as always and just continues his good form. Get around him. Yep, I went uh, Chad Warner for two, had 27 disposals, two assists, uh, 14 contest possessions, another big game in the midfield. He looks so, he just looks so complete in that midfield, looks so calm and composed. He does. Uh, my two votes, I went with uh, Roses, Malcolm Roses Jr. Okay. Uh, kick the three, uh, only the eight touches, but it's about what you do with them. And managing to kick three goals, uh, four scoring shots as well. So really impressive game from the young fella. Really liking your uh, three goal scorers here. Yeah. Okay. Um, Heath Chapman, 22 disposals, 14 marks. Got my three votes. Yeah. Um, just another big game from Heath. He's out this week, and that's really going to hurt the Dockers. Yeah, is he out this week? Yep. Injury? Or? Yeah, injury. Well, that's upsetting. Uh, do you still? Do you reckon he's leading the Rising, rising Star? star? Um, I'd be too close. Yeah, I don't think Dacos is. No, I, th- I, I think... I don't know if Ginevan is. 
Look, to be honest, and this is me being a Pies fan, at this point, if they give it to Dacos at the end of the year, then that's just been like from they've just given it from the hype. Yeah, he's definitely. I can see them doing it. Yeah, but like I think Ginnivan deserves it more than Dacos does, probably. But then Chapman does more than that. And yeah. Nick Martin does maybe more than that. Potentially. Or Jai Newcomb. Yeah, so it'll be an interesting one. Who got your three votes? Uh, my three votes went to Chad Warner, as you said yeah. before. 27 touches, brilliant in that midfield. Just dominating. He's so young. Imagine where he could get to. Yep. Uh, four votes. I went with someone who probably want, or really helped when he signed the game, obviously, when it's a less than one goal difference. Uh, Ollie Henry. He had three goals, got an assist as well. Really loves to see it. He, he's just so... Bailey Fritch-like um, in the way he operates, um, but he's also so good, you know, with the ball at ground as well. Love his marking, love his leading patterns. Um, very good game from him. Looked real good these past couple of weeks. Yeah, he's been dominant. Uh, didn't get in for me, just. Uh, I did think about it, but I couldn't leave this guy out because he was influential for the Dockers. Fast Freddie. Yeah. Four votes. So De- fast. Deserved it. Two goals. Set up a few as well. Looked dangerous. I like it. He's so fast. Uh, five votes. I went with Sammy Walsh. I thought he, he was real dominant that game. Had 35 touches and a goal and um, just looked really, really like he was dragging that Carlton side across the line but didn't get it done. Yeah, I went with Sam Walsh as well. Uh, yep. Brilliant. Again, kicked a goal, 30-odd touches. Uh, influential on the game. He might reclaim top spot with that. Huge. I haven't looked, but Sam Walsh might just come from the depths to try and make it back-to-back Young Player of the Year awards. That'd be massive. Um, tab Touch Player of the Year time. Uh, one vote. Who'd you go for? Uh, I went with Jordan Degoe. Yeah. Uh, I thought he was brilliant on the weekend. And I think uh, sort of how we speak about with, like, Darcy Parrish getting a lot of useless touches. I think when Degoe's on, like, I think he had 25 touches. He has a, real, a lot of impactful yeah, touches. But impactful when touches. he's on, yeah. So he definitely deserves a one vote there, I thought. Yep. Um, it was tough out of the dogs. And, you know, so many times when you pick a player that's played against West Coast, people can say, oh, but he played against West Coast. It doesn't count. They still have to do it. You've still got to do it. And it was so tough to pick a player from that dog side that did do it. I went with Tim English in the end. Um, I did think about going Tim. Yeah, he had 25 touches, got a goal and an assist. He was great around the ground, 28 hitouts to go with it. So very good game from him, and I gave him my one vote. Very nice. Uh, my two votes went to Tom Stewart. He was brilliant, yep. 40 touches. Uh, again, people go, oh, it was Adelaide. Well, he still has to do it. You've still got to do it. I went with uh, Shooter, Lockie Schultz for my two votes. Had four goals, uh, set up a couple and uh, 18 disposals. So loved seeing that from him. My three votes went to Buddy Franklin. Yep. He was brilliant. Essentially did nothing in the first half. And then and, just came to life. And like punches Cochin in the jaw. So he probably knows he's getting a week and just turns it up. He should punch more people then. Yeah. From probably. what you're saying. I also went Buddy for three. Um, five goals, one king hit. Um, good stat line from him. Very good. Very good. Uh, my four votes, uh, I went with Lockie Schultz. Oh, yeah. I thought he was brilliant. Four goals. Just crucial in that four line with his pressure as well. Yep, uh, four votes. I went with Chalky Neal. Uh, had 39 touches, got got a couple goals with that as well. Was great around the ground and uh, just a classic Chalky Neal performance there. I went with five votes, Lockie Neal. Yeah. He was brilliant. You know there isn't six votes, right, to give to Travis Collier? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Five votes, I went with uh, Tommy Stewart. Had 40 touches, 17 intercepts as well, which I thought was elite 16 marks. He was just racking up crazy numbers. I was, su- I was surprised you didn't go Lockie Neal at the top. I was expecting it. I thought when Tom Stewart has a game like that, when the bloke's having 40 off halfback with 17 intercepts and 16 marks, doesn't matter how you get him, that's still freakish numbers. That's fair. 
Brownlow. Who do you reckon's leading? No, I thought it was Crips all the way. Now Lockie Neal's just come yeah, red hot. Yeah, Neal. Oh, I forgot. Wines won it last year. Yeah. That's such a weird one. Wines and he's not close year. to winning it this year, I don't No. Think. Who, who would have had such a decline like that without injury? Uh, Adam Cooney. Yeah, no, that's fair. Maybe Shane Wowoden. Yeah, do you reckon Wines ends up just being one of those players when we look back on it? Maybe. It's like, geez, how did Ollie win? <laughs> how did Ollie win a brown like? Yeah. Um, all right, well, now I've got a little chat coming up with Wade Dirksen. Uh, he was fortunate enough to give me his time just before he went to the airport. In fact, he was at the airport just about to board his flights and um, joined me via the phone to talk about his move to GWS. So we'll uh, shoot to that now. All right, now I've got with me fresh out of the mid-season draft. It's not even been a day since the draft happened. Wade Dirksen from GWS. Wade, how are you? Good, thank you, mate. Thank you for having me. Oh, thanks for coming on. Does it does it feel weird at all to, to hear your name and say from GWS? Uh, yeah, definitely. Very crazy feeling. Um, yeah, uh, probably three months ago, I wouldn't have thought um, I'd be in this position. So, nah, I'm very, yeah, very honoured. So, nah, it's awesome. Now, I had a very quick look at, at this specific thing. Was it actually your 21st birthday as well yesterday during the draft? No, nah, it wasn't. No, nah, my 21st birthday is in 17 days on the 18th of June. So. Oh, okay. It's got you down as the 1st of June for some reason on the waffle booklet. Oh, well, um, no, nah, that's not the case, mate. <laughs> oh, jeez. I got excited. thought that would have been the greatest 21st birthday present of all time. Now, <laughs> we'll, get, uh, we'll get straight into things. Uh, your journey to GWS, it's been quite an amazing one. This is your uh, fourth state that you're now playing for a team in. So um, in the past, yep. what, five or so years, four or five years, where did you start and how have you gotten to GWS now today? Yeah, that's been a um, long, interesting journey. Um, Started up in Darwin, so I'm born and raised in Darwin, NT. Um, went down to Canberra um, for the ACT, where my brother was living at the time, and I spent my school holidays over there. Um, I played four games with Queensland. Um, and then I moved back to Darwin, and um, I played some Premier League footy just from the seniors up there as a 17-year-old kid. And, um, yeah, I got pretty fortunate and um, got a good opportunity down in Victoria in Melbourne. Um with the Sunbury Lions, who then got me onto Essendon VFL, and I was potentially going to play with um, Paul Cairns in the Cash Cup as a 18, 19 year old. Um, and then, yeah, COVID sort of struck that. Um, year after, I was training with uh, Essendon VFL, got round one in. Um, two things sort of happened. I played, I went pretty, I thought I went quite well, and um, yeah, a few things sort of happened. Um, I played back at Sunbury Lions a week after, and um, done my ankle, so that sort of set me back for that whole season. Um, went back to Darwin because I got a young fellow and I thought that um, you know, it was time to focus on family and um, I need to get some footy under my belt before I start trying to play in these state-level comps. So I was playing footy up in Darwin. And, um, yeah, one um, fellow named Matt Rosa, who's the general manager at Peel, he was watching a kid play in my team and um, he seen me having a run. We uh, caught up for a coffee and, um, yeah, moved to WA and got some... Uh, Waffle games under my belt, and now yeah, I'm here now, so that's been awesome. Yeah, now, obviously, before this season, uh, as you were saying, you, you haven't managed a great deal of footy, especially at the uh, state level with injuries, with COVID, whatever it is. What do you yep. learn from a period like that where you're getting such limited footy and knowing uh, that you are good enough to be playing at that level? Yeah, I think just taking your chances, you know, like, for any, everyone's sort of there, but I'm um, 
just do, just do as much as you can to get yourself right. And when you do get those chances, really embrace them and really um, make the most out of them. Because, um, yeah, obviously, yeah, going through a few things, it was really hard. And, and in a mental space as well, you, you know, you, you want to be out there and you want to be playing. But, yeah, I just guess you sort of, if you have that drive and you have those goals, then, um, yeah, you're, you're always going to try and reach them. So, uh, and I stuck to it. And, um, yeah, I'm in a very fortunate place right now. So, yeah, and as you also mentioned, you've got um, a, quite a very young family. You've got a, a child with you. What's it yep. like when you're, you know, travelling around Australia? You're you're just trying to, you know, get your spot somewhere to to show that you've got that uh, that ability to play AFL, but also trying to manage a family and just, um, you know, do what's best for them. What's that like trying to balance those two things? Yeah, very um, yeah, very difficult. Um, a lot of parents would fully understand because um, yeah, well, he's almost two now, so. He's, it's a lot of work, but um, yeah, I just sort of guess I I, I got a really supportive supportive family. Um, yeah, it's definitely tough, but you know, like I said before, if you, you have dreams, and um, you know, my my family's very supportive. No matter where we are or what we do, they're always going to help me achieve my my goals. Um, my partner, fortunate enough, she was doing online courses, so she was very flexible with moving wherever. Um, and yeah, no, nah, very tough, but um, very rewarding at the same time. So, yeah. Yeah, and when was it uh, this season, I guess, that you noticed that, uh, I guess, AFL clubs were, were looking at you? You know, obviously you're playing a bit of footy and there's one game that gets mentioned more than others, that game against the West Coast Twos where you just absolutely carved up. But when was it that you noticed clubs uh, were pretty keen on you for the mid-season draft? Yeah, I think sort of my first um, my first game against West Perth, I, um, I got a good um, managing crew at uh, centimeter perfect. They um they really got my name out there after that game. Um, I, I was um yeah I was doing the preseason with Frio on Monday and Fridays. Um, that's sort of the affiliate, the benefit. But um, I sort of yeah I was going really well in their preseason. I sort of thought that you know that's probably what got me um a lot of attention from Fremantle and um and yeah just that, at that stage I was like yeah I, I'm really going to give it a crack you know I feel like you know if it's going to happen it's going to happen now and um yeah I'm just yeah, I'm just really honoured and uh, it's worked out very well. Yeah, and as far as the draft itself goes, you were uh, spending the night with a few of the Peel boys. They uh, obviously got quite excited when your name did get picked up. How confident were you that you'd be off uh, in the mid-season draft? Oh, oh never, you'd never be 100%, I don't think. Um, but no, like just going into it, I guess, you know, you see your name out there a bit. But um, yeah, no, all the boys were there and it was, no, it was awesome night. It was um, one I'll, I'll remember for the rest of my life, so... Yeah, no, it was good. It was a good feeling. All right, and you were given very little time to take it all in. The draft was, you know, last night, and now you're already at the airport now about to catch a flight over east. Yeah, you know, you're talking yep. about a roller coaster. What has the past, you know, 12 to 24 hours been like for you? Yeah, awesome. Honestly, um, well, yeah, flat out. I've, um, yeah, I haven't really gotten off my phone too much. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, awesome. Honestly, like, yeah, it's all happening so quick, and I, I know that when, when I finally get there, um, you know, I'm going to really settle down and, yeah, really, really crack in and um, give it my best. So, no, nah, I can't wait. It's all worth it in the end. All right, Wade. Well, I'm very excited to see how you do go at GWS. Hopefully we see the best of you out there for many years to come. Um, congratulations on the move and, yeah, wish you the best of luck, mate. Thanks so much. All right, cheers for coming on, mate. All right, a big thank you to Wade for that one. Let's wrap up. we got some footy to digest uh, for yeah. this week. 
Friday night footy, Bulldogs taking on Geelong, 5.50pm at Marvel Stadium. This could be a really good game. I'm, I'm quite looking forward to this. Yeah, looking forward to this one. Should be good. Uh, I think at Marvel Stadium, I reckon the Dogs probably get this done, to be honest. Yeah, I don't know. It's such an interesting one. Like, how good are the Dogs? How good are Geelong? <laughs> yeah. Who knows? I don't know. I think the Dogs maybe do get up here. But, yeah, it could be a really good game. Or one team could just run away with it and the other team doesn't rock up. Yeah, potentially. It'll be the battle of hmm, what's going to happen. Yeah. Speaking of the battle of hmm, what's going to happen, Saturday morning, Crom taking on West Coast at Adelaide Oval. Oh, God. Uh, Paddy Parnell confirmed to debut. This is what you want to wake up for early on a Saturday. Oh, yeah. And it only gets better from here after this game. But, uh, yeah, Crom taking on West Coast. It, are West Coast in with a chance here? You'd have to say so. Like, maybe they'll only lose by 40-odd. Like, yeah. To be fair, if they lose by over 50 again this week, they break the streak of most 50-point losses in a row, I'm pretty sure I heard. What, an AFL club ever? I'm pretty sure. Oh. So they're, at, they're, they're equal at seven. Go Crom. <laughs> I love seeing records tumble. I love seeing them break. Paddy Parnell's debuting. Do you see, uh, have you seen him? Have you seen a picture of him? No. Very young looking. Really? Uh, very, very childlike, obviously. I'm, I'm quite a baby-faced man, but... That is a very baby-faced man. Um, <laughs> the odds for this game, West Coast are looking at $6.50 odds. Okay. So put the house maybe, on it. Yeah, I wouldn't say the house. Maybe put like a granny flood on it. <laughs> uh, Gold Coast taking on North Melbourne, 2.35pm at TIO Stadium. Gold Coast paying $1.09. That'd be one of the first times in their history they're paying that since Look, the Gary Ablett era. I know North are bad. I don't think Gold Coast should be at $1.09. Nah, Gold Coast are running away with this. <laughs> North aren't so. coming close. We'll wait and see. Yeah, um, easy win for Gold Coast there. Melbourne taking on Sydney, 5.25pm at the MCG. Sydney paying $4.10 this game. Oh, dude. This could be... Uh, Melbourne lost last week. Yeah. They want to bounce back, but I just... I wouldn't be shocked if Sydney win. Yeah, could this be the downturn of their season? Could this be like when North went like 0-8, oh, 10-0 and 0 or 8-0, and 0, whatever it was, and yeah. then almost missed finals? Well, look, we've been saying since middle of last year, you can't trust Melbourne. No. Maybe they were fooling us all along. Yeah, I did start to trust him, but maybe that's what they wanted, just a trust, not actual success. Hawthorne taking on Collingwood, 12.10pm at the MCG on the Sunday. $2.50 for Hawthorne, $1.54 for Collingwood. Could be a very good one. Could be a very good game uh, at the G there. I'll be tipping the pies, Yeah. Um, but who knows what happens there. Pretty big game for both teams. Hawthorne really need a win to sort of keep in touch with that eight, and Collingwood need a win to... I guess try, try and break, and into, break it. into it. Yeah, I think um, I think what's going on here is Sam Mitchell for some reason really doesn't want Alastair Clarkson to coach at Gold Coast. So um, obviously <laughs> through that game last week, and um, Collingwood are a direct rival of Gold Coast in the sense of pushing for the eight. So we'll probably get up this game. Um, oh, it's probably because him and Stewie do are boys. Yeah. Um, and he wants Stewie Jew to keep his job. Is so it maybe f- it is an anti-Clarko, but pro Stewie do. Is it fair to say? He's, he's probably going to pull it off now, Stuart Jew. He's probably going to get a contract. Yeah. When we thought, like, he was so up against it. Yeah. Like, well, like, he's going to need something Somehow Leon special. Cameron was the first to go this year. Yeah. yeah. Like, who would have picked that? No one. Oh, I imagine some people would have. No one's a bit preposterous. Three people. Three people, and we'll try and find them for you. Doc is taking on Brisbane 3.20pm at Optus. Final game of the round. A dollar ninety both ways. Really? Yep. I think the Dockers win this, given it's at Optus. There's no rain forecast. Yeah, but they're without Heath Chapman. Oh, sorry. 
I've got no heart. Mitch Croden's back in the squad, though. He is in the squad. Yeah. So it's Connor Blakely. Yeah. Finally. I'm more excited about Mitch Croden. Oh, so, yeah. But yeah. There's so many possibilities. I couldn't see Blakely getting into that side. But I Croden, I could see him sliding into that midfield. Maybe. Big midfield three. Um, I'll be tipping, yeah, Flagman to keep yep. keep the run going. Um, now, with the, the buy, yep. the buy, so we have three weeks of buys now. Look, and I continue to say it every year, why don't we go back to the split round? Just get it done in two weeks. Yeah. Play four games one week, five games the next, court round 10 or whatever, and it's done. That's what they used to do. Just give us a week off. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Either or. Yep. Give oh. us a week off and give us like a... Then, then you can give us over the course of the week the Waffle versus VFL versus Sandville. That'd be pretty hard. But without any of the AFL listed players... Look, yeah, do it. Like, it just, I, I hate that it runs over three weeks. It pisses me off. Yeah, I'm sure there's something more exciting you could do in that time. Maybe some state games and you televise them. Yeah. yeah. Like, give give the people something else. Give someone else an opportunity. Maybe a weekend carnival. Yeah. What would you do, though? Who would play? We'll get, we'll get Waffle VFL versus Sandfall. That's where the AFLX comes in. <laughs> but only with... Waffle, Vareville, Sample listed players. Yeah, but they get split and drafted between <laughs> mixed between the three. We should be running the AFL. Um, not over Brad Hollis. Yeah, true. Vote one, good energies. We'll be lucky he's like number two. Yeah, we'll let him know. Um, well, that's it for this week. Uh, a shortened episode with a shortened week and a shortened round. Matthew, it's been such a pleasure to have you as always. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. I uh, shall see you all next week.